everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hustle Podcast. Yes. Thank you so much. We do have a request though, before we get started, if you have found our content to be entertaining or helpful, would you consider leaving us a review on iTunes? Those five-star reviews really help to make sure that our content gets out there and that our show continues to grow. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 368. And this is an update episode. We got another update episode. I love, honestly, like Orlando, the themed episodes, it's hit or miss, right? Like some of them are exciting to talk about. Some of them it's like, yeah, this is important, but it's more like work. You know, you're just like talking about important things. But the update episodes, I love them because it's our chance to talk about like what's going on in our life in the reselling world. Um, and, and at large and what's going on, you know, some hot bolos, all the things that we love talking about. And so I love our update episodes. And so if you're new to Pure Hustle podcast, uh, every other week we have an update episode and then we have a themed episode talking about something specific to reselling. And then on Mondays, if you're not following us on YouTube, go on over to YouTube, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button on whatever video you watch, uh, because we drop an extra episode every Monday. It does not show up on the podcast side. So you're not getting it on iTunes. You're not getting it on Spotify. You've got to go over to YouTube to catch those shorter 10-minute episodes. Uh, but today is an update episode. So uh, how are things going, Orlando? Oh, such a loaded question, but that's the goal of the podcast, right? To talk about all this. Now, I, I want to you know, put some pre-qualifiers out there. Uh, that you know, I get accused of being negative, or we both get accused of being negative sometimes. Uh, sometimes we make these awesome memes, uh, that I think are great. I, we just, I just had a meme that we posted on Instagram where, uh, everything's burning down and Will Ferrell is going like, keep listing, keep listing. Right. And, and so th- that's kind of where we're at right now. And I, I post those memes just cause you know, it allows us to keep things lighthearted, right? We don't have to be down, down and all gloomy and everything. And, and things are tough for people. So I will say this episode you know, some of you are going to be like, oh, here we go again. But the reality is Mike and I have always been about documenting. Now, we're not going to go into the rabbit hole of blaming everything on this and blaming everything on this. But we just want to keep it real all the time. And and things things are up and down right now. I can't say they're horrible. If I step back and I look back, I'm still selling full time as a reseller. I'm still s- spending, you know, minimal amounts for great profit. Uh, I, I get all the time flexibility with my kids, which is incredible. Uh, I was thinking, uh, you know, yesterday uh, I had to send my son on a trip and I had to get him to the barber. I had to get some last minute stuff. I had to fly to the train station. Luckily, he got on the train. As soon as he stepped on the train, this train started moving and it was it was wild. But I'm like, hey, if I was doing a nine to five, I wouldn't be able to do any of these things. So so I am grateful that I have this opportunity uh, to keep doing this. So, you know, reselling, reselling has been great. I, here's, let me share with you a, a pretty, pretty fascinating story. I, I thought it was fascinating. So I really wish, and I'm hoping my son, he's very good at videography and stuff. And, but he's always busy on Saturday mornings, but I'm hoping when he finishes high school, he'll hang out with his cool dad on Saturday mornings and go to garage sales and shoot video. Cause he's really good. And, uh, this last Saturday was an adventure. And it, again, you know, I love how somebody posted uh, on our comments last YouTube episode uh, where I had said, I don't want to sell toilet seats. And I guess that created a lot of conversation, even on Instagram. Whenever like I sold the goosebumps and I posted that, they're like, yeah, that beats toilet seats, huh, Orlando? Like, you know, people, some people resonated with me and they're like, Orlando, 
I agree with you emotionally, but logically, I agree with Mike, which is the case 99% of the time. Like that, That's just how things go, right? Because I, I like doing what I like doing, even though it may not be the best thing. And, you know, other people are saying, oh, I would listen, if I could just sell toilet seats all day and I knew I was going to make profit, like I'll do that because, you know, it gives me the time flexibility. But this Saturday was what I love about reselling. So I co- go to a community garage sale and it's probably 15 to 20 minutes away from my house. It's uh, all the way, you know, it's in this neighborhood that usually there's not a lot of good stuff. Do you remember that one time, Mike, where you showed up early? I thought I showed up early and you were there and there was some other gal picking up all the vintage goods, all the vintage oh, clothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yep, that one, right? That. And that, na- okay. that neighborhood usually doesn't have a lot of good stuff, uh-huh. except for that one time me and you were there. But it was just that one house. Well, the night before, somebody had messaged me, somebody I left my business card. And there, it's a guy that sold me a bunch of stuff from ABC Studios last time. And I gave him my business card. Hey, he's like, oh, hey, Orlando, tomorrow there's a community garage sale. Uh, here's some items I'm selling. Let me know if you want me to set these aside for you. I'm like, yes, score. I haven't even showed up and I'm already winning. And I messaged him. I said, hey, can I just show up tonight? I can pick. The, I'm out and about. I'll show up. And he's like, no, I'm out of town. But tomorrow morning would be great. So I show up. And. It's pretty awesome because the stuff he has is is very unique. So, for example, last time I picked up a Wayne Brady bobblehead and I sold it for close to 100 bucks and I paid 50 cents for it. It was crazy the amount I paid. I think 15 bucks for a whole bunch of stuff. I picked up a home improvement poster that was only in the ABC studios. I, I picked up a whole bunch of Regis and Kathy Lee stuff. Just randomness. And, and a lot of it sold. I made hundreds and hundreds of dollars. I, I'm pretty sure I made more than 1K. I sold some Walmart vest and I paid $15, I think, for, yeah, maybe like, yeah, 15 to 20 bucks. Okay. So it's crazy. So I show up and he has all these items. And this is what I tell people all the time. Understand, some people just want to help you out. Like, I don't know what it is, but, you know, they, they may come across you and they may recognize that, you know, you love your family. You want to, you do this for a living and they're just, hey, want to help you out. So, he had all these vintage posters from Pirates of the Caribbean, Lizzie McGuire, uh, the, the Musketeer Club, like all these things. Had some had a carrying box for home improvement stuff that you could only get in the studio. Like all these items. And then he asked me, so how much you want to pay? And I was like, oh, no. Like he asked me. Like, I, I don't know. And, and the reality is I really don't know because these are unique items. So there's no comps. These are items that could sit in my store forever. And never sell. So I told him, I said, how about 40 bucks? Right. I just hit, you know, sometimes you got to anchor super low. And he's like, how about 45? I'm like, sure, I'll do, I'll do 45. I, I probably would have paid 100 if he said 100. Uh, and so I scored. And I'm like, OK, this is awesome. So I'm already set. First garage sale of the day. Had all these awesome scores. Now the problem is, do I, do I want to keep some of it? And keep it for like a man cave? Do I want to sell it? So. I know, I know, I know, I know. So Remember, I, we were reminded on the last episode of uh, one of the things I say, and I think it's true, is if you wouldn't pay, like yeah, whatever you could sell true. the item for, let's say you get a cool sign that you want to put up in your in your room and you could sell that thing for $600, right? And you're like, this is kind of cool. Or maybe I'll keep it. If you wouldn't pay $600 out of your bank account to buy it, then sell it because, yeah, you paid $30 for it. So you could say, I have this cool $30 sign up in my my room, but... 
the opportunity cost is all of that profit you're you're leaving on the table. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay, time to listen. Because it's stuff. The stuff that's in your house would should be stuff that you'd be willing to pay you know, a, a good amount for it. And sure, if it's something you really want, you can get a good deal on it. You don't always have to sell everything. But I, I feel like, you know, almost like the uh, what's the more and more I, I, I'm kind of I think Dave Ramsey's methods of getting out of debt are still OK in some ways. But I think he's outdated in in, in just how mm-hmm. what, the way the world is going. But I like kind of the concept of if you couldn't buy the thing twice or if you couldn't put the amount of money that you were going to uh, spend on something in a pile and just burn it or, you know, that type of a thing. <laughs> Yeah. then you can't afford it. And and there is some truth to that, you know, of it. Don't 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 sit on a bunch of stuff in a man cave if you could sell it unless you'd be willing to pay that kind of money for it. No, understood, understood. <clears throat> so that's the beginning of the morning. So then I go to some other garage sales and I keep scoring, 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 scoring. Then I get this this one garage sale and it's an older gentleman and he's just chilling on his lawn chair reading the newspaper. Who reads the newspaper anymore, right? So he has these vintage toys and I, and I noticed they're vintage Marks toys and they're Western toys. So General Armstrong Custer, Geronimo, pretty cool toys and these old Fisher Price toys. So I'm talking to him and I said, hey, you know, I was wondering if you have any other vintage toys, maybe in a garage or somewhere that you didn't bring out there you're willing to sell. He's like, oh, yeah, I got some stuff in the garage, uh, but uh, things are kind of busy. I said, well, I can wait. It's not a big deal. He's like, all right. So, you know, we waited for people to leave. He goes and closes the gate and he's like, come along. So he takes me in his house and his house was a museum. So and it was interesting because he wanted to show me everything. So before we got to vintage toys, we walk into this room full of duck decoys. And I said, duck decoys, you know, you know, I'm letting you know, Ned, I buy duck decoys. And he's like, oh, so do you? He's like, well. Pretty, my kids want me. My kids don't want me to uh, hold on to any of this, and they don't want any of my stuff. So I'll, I'll sell it to you. And I'm like, what? Who are these children that don't want these things? And so, sure enough, you know, I tell people, the more you gain in knowledge, the better a resale you'll be. And I see one, and I go, Ned. I think his name's not Ned, but I'm trying to protect his identity here. I said, uh, Ned, that's a Tom Tabor Doug decoy, isn't it? He's like. I don't know. So I pull it up and I turn it and it said Tom Tabor. And he's like, well, look at that. So he's even it's so impressive that like I come in like a pro with the deck decoys. So then he's showing me old Prussian helmets. He's he has a bunch of vintage like rifles. Uh, he takes me throughout his house. He's like, I got this thing in France over here. And I, I mean, it was it was wild. I mean, this is something that would have made for a good YouTube video, you know, mm-hmm. And then eventually we get to the vintage toys and it's just in a room. There's just a bunch of vintage toys just sitting there. And I said, Ned, what are you going to do with all these? He's like, you know what? Bring them out. Let's bring them all out. And I'm like, okay. So I bring them all out. I send them out and I look at, and I go, I, I can make money on probably two or three of these. And I said, Ned, you know, you've been great to me. You tell me how much you want for these and we can go from there. And he, you know, he gave me a number of 80. And then I said, well, Ned, I don't know how long it'll take. You know, would you be willing to do 60? He's like, yeah, I'll do 60. And he didn't really care. He wanted to offload the stuff. And it was crazy. I picked up a bunch of vintage Corgi uh, cars. Uh, Corgi is like British uh, diecast vehicles. A bunch of vintage uh, Fisher Price. Uh, But the biggest win in all of it was leaving my card with him. And him saying, you know, in a few weeks, I'm going to have to offload this stuff. And it was a really sad story. 
um, you know, he, he's just on his own now and he's in this massive house and he needs to downsize. And he's like, you know what? I want these to go to somebody that will benefit with these and, and, you know, we'll do well. And so, you know, I'll give you a call soon. And so stay tuned. Maybe I'll have a follow-up story, but again, never hurts to ask. It never hurts to have conversation. I spent probably 45 minutes at this garage sale. And from the moment I entered until we finally went inside the home and went through stuff, we were just shooting the breeze for 20 minutes. And, and some people would be in a hurry and say, it's a golden hour. I can't miss out. But sometimes it doesn't hurt to just sit back and, and people want to connect and people want to talk and you never know what might be around that corner. And so yeah. in I mean, the we've, end, we've had, we've had podcasts where we've talked about like the importance of having relationships mm -hmm. and what's true in the business world in general and just in life is, you know, you hear the phrase, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And a lot of times that's true. And the fact is that does benefit some people more than others because they were given lots of opportunities and all of that. However, that same principle can be applied for anybody. So if you're a reseller and you say, well, I don't know anybody who can hook me up. Perfect. That's fine. But over time, get to know those people. Like if you can get to know people, then eventually you have the, it's who, you know, that's going to provide those big scores over time. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And, uh, it was awesome. And he wasn't the only person. There was plenty of people I gave my business cards to. Uh, it was funny. I ran into somebody who's a reseller that was reselling their stuff at the garage sale. And she goes, I know you. You're a reseller. And I said, I know you too. You're a reseller yourself. She goes, I know. And she, she goes, do you remember anything that you wanted last time that you couldn't agree on a deal with? And I'm like, I don't know. And she goes, well, I'll probably give you a better deal now if I still have it because it's been a year. And I said, all right, that makes sense. And she was telling me at her garage show, probably more than half of the people that show up are resellers. That it, It's pretty extensive out there right now. So Yeah. All right. I got way more to say, but how, how are you doing? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Um, so my original plan this weekend was to go out. I mean, it sounds like you had a good garage sale day. I was hoping to do the same. I had kind of a, a route planned out. I was planning on hitting up a bunch of garage sales. And then that night, my wife's car, the air pressure light came on, mm -hmm. right? That there was low air pressure. And so we were trying to figure it out. We tried to, we took it to a gas station, filled up the one that looked low and it went like basically flat again. And so Normally it wouldn't be a big deal, uh, but my son had a soccer game. We needed that car and I wasn't going to leave her to have to deal with that all on her own in the morning before the soccer game. So I, it kind of ate up my Saturday. Luckily, I mean, it's one of those things where uh, weekends, it's if you've got a full time job like I do, is the time you have to get things like that done. And so luckily it was a weekend and I was able to get that taken care of, get that, that tire uh, fixed. Um but it did mess up garage sales. So then my thought process was, okay, I don't want this week to be a waste. So I'm going to do some, some thrifting throughout the week. And I decided on the day I was going to go, um, cause I occasionally stop at the, the outlets on my way home and things like that. But I, I thought, okay, I dropped my son off on Wednesdays to like a, a, like a church program thing that he goes to for about an hour and a half, two hours. And so I'm like, okay, I'll drop him off to that. And then I'm just going to go and hit up the thrift stores in the area and then I'll go pick them up. Well, I didn't do my research ahead of time of when these stores closed. And so I drop him off and every single thrift store that I had already been to, all the hole in the wall mom and pop ones, even the bins, the Salvation Army, everything was closed except for uh, one Goodwill in our area. And it is like Orlando. I mean, maybe you've been to some big Goodwills, but most of the Goodwills in San Diego are like 
they're like small boutique stores yeah, almost. Like there's some tiny. that are a little bit bigger, but but they're relatively small. This is like a Goodwill hub of some kind. Huh. Um, and they it, it's like their office building. Because you know Goodwill does, and we've talked about it in other podcasts, they do a lot of other things for the community. So it's one of their like buildings where they do a lot of education. They do it. So it's like a really big building. It's the biggest uh, Goodwill I've ever been inside of. It, it was like multiple rooms. It's almost like a little warehouse. So like think of almost... I'd say about the size of like that honey hole that we had in San Diego, like maybe okay. even a little bigger. That's like huge. it was, it was a yeah. big store with multiple rooms. Um, and, and maybe that's normal in other parts of the country to have relatively big goodwills. Uh, but it was the only store that was open and it, it didn't close until nine. And I was pretty surprised. I, I can't believe I hadn't been to this one because typically I avoid goodwills if there's other thrift stores I can go to, mm-hmm. uh, because goodwills are just so overpriced. Yeah. But I was I was pretty impressed with the pricing they had there. Um, still, you know, some things were still high, but they were much much lower than average Goodwill. Like like their shoes, they were selling for five dollars a pair. You know, four ninety nine, six ninety nine for a pair of like decent shoes. Whereas you walk into like the little boutique Goodwills and you're paying nineteen dollars for a pair of shoes, More. like ridiculous prices. So I was actually able to score a handful of things. Um, nothing huge. Um, cause I, like, again, I only had like an hour and a half that I could spend, which an hour and a half in one thrift store, you can get a lot done if you know what you're looking for. Um, so I picked up some knickknacks. I picked up some, like a, a singer sewing thing. Um, I do pretty all stuff that like I paid two to $3 for, and I'm going to be able to sell for like 30. So nothing like nice. mind blowing, but, but not a bad time to spend. Um, but I do know now that that's not going to work for me to be able to go to a bunch of thrift stores at that time frame. Um, well, I can't remember. They don't close at five in San Diego, right? Like I feel no, like most no. thrift stores are open until seven, thing. eight. My kids used to go to a church thing and it started at six o'clock and it would be done at eight. And mm-hmm. I would hit up as many thrift stores as I could during that time. I remember that. No, they, they, don't, they generally close at eight o'clock around here. Yeah. There's yeah. A so that, that close at nine, but eight's the time. Yeah, that's not the case here, at least not on weekdays. Maybe on weekends they're open a little bit longer. I haven't really, because I do so much of my my stuff earlier mornings uh, or afternoon, like on my way home, I've, I've never had to pay that close attention to like closing times. Um, but it was just good to know that now and, and good to know that I have a, another potential sourcing spot that I actually have a goodwill that I can source from. Uh, so yeah, it was, it's again, it's interesting. You just got to know your area. And that's part of me learning my new area is... Uh, closing times and um, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised that I found a Goodwill that had decent enough prices now we d- do still see like I remember when I first started reselling a lot of times you'd go into a, a Goodwill or a Salvation Army and books for instance books were almost always under a dollar mm-hmm. maybe hardback were a dollar or hardback might be two dollars and like it, like the most expensive you'd pay for a book if it wasn't a hardback was a dollar DVDs would be like a dollar 99 cents but now, even at this Goodwill that's pretty decently priced, it's $1.99 for any media. So any book, any... So whether it's a little tiny kid's book, flimsy, like 10 pages, or it's like a thick encyclopedia. And I'm like, maybe that makes pricing easier for them, but it's just so crazy to think that $2 for a small little kid's book is kind of the new normal uh, for a thrift store. So it's a, a big, little bit of a shock there. So the prices still have gone up in, in a lot of areas, but... Like I said, I'm glad to have found a store that the prices aren't as crazy. Now it is Halloween time, so half of their store is yeah. is costumes and stuff. So Can't I'm interested it. to see what it'll be when it's not seasonal. And even Christmas, they had like five rows of just Christmas stuff. Huh. Um, and to give you an example, they had I, I kind of got excited until I looked at the price tag because there was other people looking. So I, I was trying to look it up on my phone first. 
they had these boxes of like new in box gorilla suits, like costumes. And I was like, those are probably actually do pretty good on eBay. So I'm like looking up gorilla suits and you like for like this brand or like good gorilla suits, you might be spending like 50 to $80 on eBay. Some of them, maybe a hundred. Um, if it's like a really, really, they weren't, these ones weren't nice enough. I don't think to sell for a hundred. Um, but I'm like, okay, if I could pick up, there's like 10 of them here. If I could pick these up for like 10 bucks a piece, sell them for 50, that's not too bad. Cause I'm picking up a lot. And then I look at the price tag and they wanted 49.99 per per gorilla suit. And I'm like, okay, so they're still capitalizing on Halloween. Yeah. Fair enough. But, uh, but yeah, so that was, uh, that was kind of my reselling week. Okay. Okay. I, I got to tell you, there's nothing in me that wants to go back to the thrift store. It's been about six months for me. Uh, I'll still go to that honey hole every once in a while, but it's been a long time because I've been getting crazy deals. This last garage sale, I didn't, man, I, I dropped like $200 and my car was stacked. It's full. And I have, I have a Honda Pilot, which take you know with all the seats down. It was it was pretty crazy that I got all that for two hundred bucks. Just wild. So hey, before we jump on uh, to the next segment here, uh, one thing I did get done over over the last break from the last podcast was my taxes, and on time by the way, on time. Now you might go Orlando. Why is October on time? It's because in California we went through floods with air quotes. If you're listening to the podcast, and uh, they, you know, things weren't due until August. Now. The beauty of it uh, was that, you know, with my reseller Genie, it was really simple. My reseller Genie had everything imported from 2023, not 2023, 2022. I was able to, you know, right away tell, you know, my tax person, here's all the fees I paid. Here's the shipping. uh, And then here's how much I paid for each item that sold. Uh, it, It was just all set up and it just made things really easy. And so if you haven't yet signed up for my reseller Genie, I strongly encourage you to. It takes a, off the pressure of bookkeeping. Yes, you still need to get on there. Yes, you still need to insert items, but it's a lot easier than waiting to the end or dealing with spreadsheets. So if you haven't yet, go to the link below, My Reseller Genie, and use our code uh, Pure Hustle, and you'll get 15% off the first month. And uh, it'll, it's definitely going to be great, especially for a lot of resellers uh, that bookkeeping is not what they care about. And by the way, don't forget, this January, that $600 threshold is going to hit. So... If you want to make sure you're ready for that threshold, my reseller genie is a great tool. So go to the link below and use our code Pure Hustle. Get 15% off that first month. Or right, you have any random stories? Um, not a great random story, but uh, kind of good. So I feel like this episode uh, for me has been about my son's soccer because uh, I mentioned the game is more, uh, you know, with that Saturday morning. But um, we, during our move, uh, got rid of a lot of like our lawn chairs, like the, not lawn chairs, the, like the folding chairs, uh, cause they were starting to get ratty and you know, my nice one was like out in a shed that got mice and stuff. So we only had two that came and it's me, my wife, my in-laws are here. And so like, we're like bringing regular folding chairs, like folding, folding chairs, like, like you would use in your <laughs> like house. At a banquet um, or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're like using those kinds of chairs out at the, at the soccer fields every Saturday. Um, and one of the guys, one of the coaches has this really cool, like rocking chair. I don't know if you've seen them, yeah, but they've I got like shocks about. in the back. Anyways, these chairs are expensive. I looked them up cause I saw his, I'm like, man, that's a really cool chair, but it was way too expensive for what I would pay for a chair. I, I'm going to end up going to Walmart and spending 15 bucks on just a regular folding chair. Well, I'm walking around that Goodwill that I was at and there was, um, as I go into the, I don't normally go into the furniture section, but I wanted to see this whole area. There's one sitting there like 
same color as the, the coach has. Like it's really nice looking, looks basically brand new. And so I look at the price tag and they only want $10 for it. And I look up the, the brand new on Amazon, like the, the cheapest you can get them is like 90 bucks. It's like a, a GCI rock or something or another. So anyways, it's random in the sense of this is the nicest folding chair I've ever gotten. And it's funny because I'm sitting in it and I'm like, okay, I'm, t- I'm testing it. I'm putting all my weight on it. I'm leaning back as far as I can, making sure nothing's broken on it. And uh, a lady comes walking out one of the workers from, because it's the furniture section is right by like their like warehouse part where they push stuff in. And she comes out and she goes, you know, you want it. And I was like, yeah, it's pretty nice. And she goes, it's only been on the floor for less than 10 minutes. And I like scooped it up real quick and put it on my cart because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no way it's going to be there for long. But that just goes to show that their prices were good because I feel like Goodwill in San Diego, a chair that nice, like they'd probably be trying to get forty five, fifty dollars oh, for it. Easy. All day so, long. That's why um, it's a story that shall not be named. That's right. So it was to me, it was a double win. The first win was I've got a nice folding chair or a nice like lawn chair I could take to soccer games. And the second win was it was just confirmation that the pricing at this place was decent enough. Um, And I don't know. Part of me is thinking maybe it's because it's kind of a training center for employees for their goodwill. Like they use it. And so they might not be as focused on trying to just like nail down the highest prices. But they're like all their new employees that they're training in the area are people that they're trying to give job skills to. So it could just be that they they that the pricing there isn't as important as it is at other Goodwills. Like the manager, cause like, you know, every Goodwill is, it's got its own manager. They've got their own metrics they're trying to meet. Whereas this facility might have a different set of parameters that they're focused on. The, the, the total that they're bringing in might not be as important to them metric wise. And it might be more of a corporate office as opposed to, you know, like an individual branch manager. So just little things like that, like understanding how businesses work can be, can be useful for you as a reseller. No, agreed, agreed. And again, part of the benefits of reselling is not only the things you sell, but the things that you're able to buy at a very low price that you would have spent full price on. Yes, I I can't tell you how many things that I own have have come from garage sales and thrift stores. I mean, my my two proudest achievements at home are a full leather couch. I mean, you've seen it, right? And Mm -hmm. and it's normally it would cost five grand if I wanted it new and I got it for twelve hundred. And it's because uh, a guy broke up with his girlfriend and the girlfriend didn't want to pay on it anymore. And they sold it to me. And it was clean. Uh, I have a, uh, my, uh, my, one of the beds I have is an estate sale bed uh, that's worth 5K and I paid 300 for it. And uh, it's not worth 5K anymore, but it's, it, you That's know. what you would have had to have spent if you went out and bought one new. Oh, yeah. Yeah. With the mattress. I mean, it's Cal King. The mattress is, it's wood carved. It's, it's, you know, it looks out of place. Like it doesn't belong in my house, but you've got an eclectic house. Let's just say that. Uh, yeah, I guess we could. Uh, yeah, bachelor, bachelor, eclectic kind of place. Like I'm telling you, the the moment I get married, and somebody's gonna go through my place, it's gonna go. It's gonna. It's gonna be weird. It reminds me of I saw. I, I've almost completely gotten off of social media. I was spending way too much time on Instagram. I actually deleted Instagram off my phone for a while just because it's taken up too much time. Um, but anyways, um, I saw a reel and it was something to the effect of everybody wants to have a minimalist house. I want my house to look like I'm a wizard that has collected all of my like magical things from all of my adventures or something like that. 
and it showed like a house with all kinds of books and all kinds of, and I'm thinking like, that's kind of like the reseller house. Like if you think of the things we get, cause again, a lot of the things, even though at the beginning of the episode, I said, don't, don't, don't just not sell things. Like if you can make a lot of money, if you don't actually want it or need it in your house, but again, you will collect things over time that you wouldn't have bought for yourself. You wouldn't have spent full price on, but it's, it is still cool to be able to say like, I've got thousands of dollars worth of unique things that most people will never see. And I've paid pennies for it. I know, I know. But it's just, you know, you see my glass cabinets in the dining room that usually would be used for dishes, you know. And there's, you know, there's a Toy Story, you know, figure there. And next to it, there's a duck decoy, then a random railroad lantern, then some World Series tickets. It's just, you know, it is what it is. Hey, your inventory can be decoration until it sells. I think it's cool. It doesn't bother me. So, All right. Hey, I got two random ones. So, and these both, one of them makes me really sad. And uh, I'm sharing this on the, on the, on the podcast. And, and if they're listening, they know who they are. And, and I've already had a conversation. So I had the opportunity to sell or buy on consignment some Harley Davidson 3D emblem shirts. And they were like incredible. Like, you know, it, it, these are grails. But I, I decided not to. Uh, and I decided not to because I feel that eBay right now is clamping down. Uh, I, I've had other resellers uh, that have been selling a lot, uh, you know, hit me in the DMs and say, say, you know, I sold this and it sold for this much. And then eBay locked me out of my account or eBay froze me out of my account. And, you know, last year, uh, you know, uh, Daily Refinement had that issue where he had uh, all these shoes that he was selling. They're like prototypes and one offs and and highly collectible Nike shoes. And he got banned and he had said that he the reason he got banned. Uh, and again, there's always more to the story, but he, he said stated that he couldn't prove to eBay the chain of custody of the items. And so I ended up walking away and it just hurt my soul because had it been two, three years ago, I would have been like, no problem, no problem. Right. Or, you know, because how many times do we go to a garage sale and we buy stuff? We don't really know. Right. The stuff at the garage sale. Uh, but. You know, I had to think about it's just me and my boys. And if anything were to go south on the business, eBay were to freeze my sales for a week or suspend my cash out or whatever, I, I'd be in a mess. And so, you know, maybe maybe I'll revisit that opportunity. Um, but I had to I had to walk away. And, and, and the person was really nice, really awesome and really kind. And I, I just I just couldn't because. You know, it's just we're at a place right now where eBay is clamping down. I don't know if you know, but eBay now, if you sell like uranium glass, uh, which I didn't know that was a thing, but like there's a lot of people right now that overnight had all their listings pulled. Right. And we also have uh, Centra Logo, which is the company that eBay acquired. And so a lot of people are getting hit with counterfeit items, even though they're not counterfeit, uh, just because they're high end items, expensive items. Uh, the algorithm is flagging them. And so. I, this is my warning to everybody. Um, and I'll, you know what? I'm going to share this. <laughs> in a downturn economy, here we go. Here's where the seriousness gets. In a downturn economy, eBay will not be as friendly to you as in a booming economy. Okay. Because, let, let me give you some examples. And I've shared this. When things were great a few years ago, remember we had sneakers for over $100 that had no fees. Remember that? I mean, that went on for mm -hmm. like a year or two. And everybody thought that was going to be forever. Uh, we had great seller protections. We had, I mean, things were incredible. Now, every time I call, 
it's always it's like a battle every single time. And I lost the last battle here. So uh, there was this thing go ongoing with concierge. If you're a concierge, meaning you went to eBay open or you have a business that eBay recognizes high volume or important, you get concierge, meaning that you talk to somebody directly in the States. And, and sometimes um, they, they'd be more willing to remove feedback uh, if, if they felt, you know, because they trust you. You've been around for a while. They know you. So this last time, I say this all the time, I had a Skylanders that I sold. Um, and I didn't do anything wrong. Um, but the buyer had a point. He did have a point. I didn't, I could have packed it better, but it arrived safely. It arrived safely. Well, they left me a neutral and they sent me a message and, and I, you know, I chose not to reply cause I didn't know there was a reply and I got super busy. And then I, I was left a neutral feedback. I'm like, Oh, you know, I would have replied. I just didn't know. So instead of dealing with the buyer, I thought the buyer was, you know, pretty upset. I called eBay and I, I got into this conversation with eBay and man, they, they were not kind. Tony, you were not kind to me. And so I'm talking and I said, hey, listen, the package arrived safely. Everything was fine. I have 100% feedback. I'm a top rated seller. I do free returns. I've been on eBay for, you know, 12 years. This, is, this should be an easy one, right? You, you know, this is just a neutral feedback. You can just remove it. And she's like, well, no. According to eBay policy, the buyer has a right to leave an opinion. I'm like, what? What do you, what do you mean? They're, 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 they're bothered by the packaging, but the item arrived safely. And, and if they really weren't happy, they could have just returned it. And they're like, no, they, they have the right to their opinion. I said, okay, let me talk to somebody else. You know, so they, they brought somebody else. And, and then I hear this Tony guy get on. He's like, he tells the gal, he's like, listen to this conversation, okay? And I'm like, I don't, I think you were supposed to hit the mute when you said that. Like, obviously you're going to try to destroy me here. So, so I, I, I said, Hey, listen, this is real simple. I am arrived. It was safe. If you look at all my feedback, you'll, you'll see people all the time talk about how things arrive safely and how well things are packaged. And this one was just more of a preference issue. Uh, had I done it over again, maybe I would have put in a box, but it was bubble wrapped. And then, you know how we do with uh, mugs. Right. We bubble wrap, we cardboard it, and then we have a padded envelope. That's what I did. And I guess it wasn't good enough. And so the, you know, Tony goes, well, the, that's the eBay policy that they could leave their opinion. I said, oh, really? So, so let me get things straight here, Tony. So if I said, hey, you know, I really wanted the packaging in blue, but the packaging was black and I left somebody in neutral, am I allowed to do that? He's like, well, that's your opinion. I said, come on now. Does that make any logical sense? Like I, some people just have the right to just leave whatever. And he's like, well, that's the eBay policy. Okay. All right, Tony. So do you believe that's fair? Well, I'm not here to discuss fair. It's what the policy is. I'm like, okay, what about just? Do you think this, your decision is just? Like, well, this is what eBay says. And I work for eBay. And so, yes, it is just. I'm like, come on. All right, fine. Listen, I have seller protections. I have free returns. You know, I'm concierge. You know, can we just get this removed? <laughs> I did everything. And he goes, no, we, we don't. There's, you know, and I guess for a lot of the sellers, this is a good thing because now it's even across the plane, right? Concierge sellers, uh, you know, get bad treatment just like regular sellers. And so he's like, no, I'm not going to remove it. 
And I was like, all right, Tony, you know, you realize eBay has a terrible PR program. Like you realize that eBay right now is not trusted by sellers. And he kept quiet. And I said, well, make sure you put that in your notes and you send that to your superiors. Not that it's going to go anywhere. You know, I just got heated. Okay. What, what happened to like what we've talked about of like just being nice? I was nice. To, I, it started nice. And if it just, did you think about like calling and trying to get another, another representative? So I called again and I was really nice. You know, how, how's it going, Keisha? How are you doing? You know, how's the day? Thanks so much, you know, for, you know, taking my call, blah, blah, blah. And, and she's like, oh, I see that you have a negative, you have a neutral feedback you try to get removed. Yeah, we can't remove it. And I was like, okay. So I ended up reaching out to the seller and I said, hey, listen, sorry I ignored your message. You are right. You bring about some valid points about packaging. Uh, you know, I'll make sure that next time I do better. You know, I, you know, I, I run a business, uh, you know, single dad, blah, 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 blah. Uh, you know, I asked that you revise it. And then I gave him a refund too on top of that. Because <laughs> it's only a few bucks. And a few bucks is worth it to me. And he's like, you don't have to give me the refund, but you know, I, I understand where you're coming from. And I thank you for getting back to me. This all could have been resolved if you just reached out to me in the first place. You know, I'll, I'll amend it. And he amended it. So props to him uh, and for seeing my side of things. But listen, I want to tell everybody, eBay is not for you right now. They're just not. Um, I know that sounds really negative, but with the promoted listings, uh, with, you know, people losing seller protections, uh, with, with content, we're getting constantly bombarded with DMs. Like there's a lot of people that do support you. Okay, don't get me wrong. Okay, there's Brian Burke that's out there who's awesome. Um, you know, there's other individuals that are incredible that work at eBay. But I will say, overall, as an organization, eBay wants to keep buyers happy and not sellers happy because right now, right, the money that's coming in, right, isn't coming in from people buying from eBay. It's coming in from sellers, and they know that sellers are going to pay those fees because they want to keep making sales, but they want to make sure that they don't lose any buyers, and so. Be aware of that. Make sure you, you're accurate in everything you do. Make sure you provide the best customer service uh, and understand that you got to basically go at it knowing that if something goes south, eBay will not have your back. I'm not saying that's not going to be the case, but that's the attitude I think you should approach it. So, But everything we've always said, though, is like eBay, if you, I don't know, I feel like that may be the case and maybe it's always wise to kind of go into something saying that maybe things will be the worst case scenario. I mean, I'm, I, I tend to, I, I try not to say I'm pessimistic. I, I try to be realistic. Um, but I, I lean towards pessimism. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think though, given our entire experience with eBay, we, I, I still, maybe I'm just not been hit by it yet, but I still feel like, eBay tends to have your back more often than not. So when you get burnt, it sucks. Um, but I think like over, over 20 cases, your last 20 cases you've had to call eBay, you've had 19 of them resolved pretty easily in your favor. I honestly, I don't have a number. I want to say it's 50, 50 in the really? sense that, yeah. And, and, but it, that could be, I had six, you know what I mean? It's not like 20. So it could be four. I don't remember. I, I haven't talked to eBay in a while because I try never to contact eBay uh, unless it's important. Uh, but I, I just I just get the sense right now. I mean, even with this unpaid items thing, right? It's still not fixed. 
still not fixed. And it's it's really it's these kind of things where it's I I, I get it now. I and I don't blame you. I'm not upset about it. It's just the way things are. You know, things are interesting right now. And and eBay has found a way to keep themselves viable. And if that means focusing more on buyers and and you know protecting buyers over sellers at times, that, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. And again, like Jordan Sweetum, I got great respect for that guy. I think he's an awesome uh, VP out there. There's a lot of good people out there, but I just think as a whole, uh, you know, things have shifted a little bit and um, it's just, it is what it is. I'm not, I'm not mad about it. I was mad at the moment. I was, I mean, I, I, I did go off on Tony a little bit and I said, you know, cause he told me something. <laughs> he said, he says, I know where you're coming from. I'm like, really? You know where I'm coming from? Do you sell on eBay? He's like, well, yeah. I'm like, oh, so you sell like what? Five items a month. Are you full time? He's like, no, I go. So you don't know where I'm coming from. Do you sell full time with kids? Well, okay, no, you don't. So don't don't try to empathize with me. Just just get this feedback removed. So it, this was I already knew I lost. Okay, I knew I lost. It was it was my moment to rant. That that was it. Okay. So, anyways, but yeah, you're right, Mike. Flies with honey. Flies with honey. Unless unless you're in a dumpster already and it doesn't matter anymore. So <laughs> you have all the flies you need. You got all. The- uh all right um yeah let's go let's go to, to our happy place of uh some some news topics uh some reseller before we do that though if you haven't had a chance check out american bubble boy i stand with american bubble boy american bubble boy is incredible i ordered bubble wrap the other day it showed up in 13 hours and also i was supposed to get two day shipping i'm like what is going on joel what's happening if you haven't had uh, american bubble boy yet they also sell my go-to tape best deal for tape 30 i think it's like 34 bucks for 24 rolls if you use our code uh pure hustle uh you'll get five percent off and you're like five percent off that's not much well that's okay because it's already at a very discounted rate and it's a great product and it's free shipping they also have great bubble wrap you'll get it next day today it's all free shipping you can even do local pickup so go to a link below uh american bubble boy and uh yeah get yourself some bubble wrap or some tape everybody talk about some things going on Let's do it. I almost I almost played the uh, Hustle of the Week sound effect, but this is not the Hustle of the Week because we're going to be talking about eBay faces $2 billion in fines, scams on whatnot, eBay has a chief AI officer, and when retail arbitrage hits the news. All this and more on Reseller News. $2 billion in fines. Eesh. Yeah. Okay, we'll get to that in a moment. There's one more thing I wanted to share. Which I think is important. Um, do we need to talk about this? So I thought this was pretty fascinating. So a lot of you know who Amy Princess is, and I, I thought she shared an Instagram story, which was pretty. I thought it was pretty great. And uh, if you've watched uh, her her journey, she started on eBay years ago, uh, and you know she's been through the ups and downs. She's you know she's married with kids now, and and she's now on whatnot. Like that's what she does. And a lot of people were asking, you know, how much do you make? Are you a six-figure seller? Are you a seven-figure seller? And she had talked about, like, I'm not going to share it with anyone. Like, that's, that no one needs to know. And you can watch and you can learn how I run the business and how I do things. But the reality is everybody has their own story as to what goes on in their lives, right? And we've talked about this many times. And, uh, you know, she, you know, she had mentioned she owns, she has rental properties, uh, she gets a lot of new merchandise, but 
you know, she had said this new merchandise, I may, you know, make 30K on it, but I may have spent 20K on this. And then if you add the fees and the time that I spend and, you know, she had mentioned about how, you know, reselling's a grind. I'm out here doing auctions all day. Then at night I'm packing all. Then I'm waking up super early in the morning. I'm packing tomorrow. I'm dropping off to the post office. I'm sourcing again. I'm listing again. And and I was like, slaughter. You know, I got great respect. You know, uh, you know, raising a kid and doing all that. And and uh, you know, had me- she had mentioned that it seems that people that were selling in that dream of six figures and seven figures uh, on eBay are now selling that same dream on whatnot mm. and these live stream sites. And I thought, wait a second, she's right. She's a hundred percent right. Because, you know, I, I'm looking at whatnot and there's a lot, and this is actually part of our reseller topics. There's a lot of issues with whatnot right now. Uh, if you guys don't know, we had talked about this a year ago. There's rumors again about a lot of shilling going on. Do you know what shilling is Mike? Um, gosh, I, I just asked you that- to know. No, I, 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 I know the term with reselling. I'm going to sound stupid for not knowing. Is that, is that where you um, do fake bids to get Correct. things up? Yeah. Right. So, for example, if I run a whatnot auction, right, let's say Mike and I do one, that would mean, you know, Mike's wife has a different username and she's upbidding. She's bidding against other people in our whatnot to get the price up. And that was, a, that was, that was happening before uh, with some of the uh, card, some in the card community. Uh, and then at the same time, there's also uh, show buying where people are buying stuff for a lot of money, but the sales never happening. It's just some a friend of theirs made the purchase. It didn't sell. But the reason this is done is so then that later on, people could put it on a YouTube video or people could sell you a course and say, look how good I'm doing. This is how great uh, I am. And so I thought about it and I'm like, yeah, this, it, it feels like every new platform as somebody trying to, for lack of a different word, show something, right? Trying to sell somebody. So, you know, be careful and whatnot. Uh, be careful on people sharing numbers. Mike and I have never shared our 90-day totals, uh, you know, because we all have unique circumstances. You know, Mike's in Texas. I'm in California, right? I, I, I'm a single dad. I raise two kids. Uh, you know, they go to private school, <laughs> which costs a lot of money uh, for one of my sons. Uh, you know, I, I'm in San Diego, which costs a lot of money. Uh, you know, there's there's just a lot tied into it, right? There's a lot tied into, you know, where you can have another person. They're single, no kids, right? They live in their parents' basement. Like, they can make a killing because they have all the time in the world and they don't have any bills to pay. So don't don't stress yourself on the numbers. You know, stress yourself on the process. Do you have the process down? Are you learning, right? You know, listen to our podcast. Watch other people's YouTubes to understand the process, how to become a better reseller. But don't try to be like those resellers that makes sense mike yeah and I, I think are you you specifically talking about the like the idea of people trying to like sell courses and stuff like is that where well, this not is nece- going not necessarily sell courses just trying to get more clicks on a video trying to maybe get people on a patreon trying to get people on the telegram on a discord stuff like that i mean we we have our own discord too right but we've always been clear that we're we're a community of resellers and we document what we do right mike and i yeah. now maybe we'll we'll release a book one day or release something. But the, the reality is we've always been a, about documenting our journey, right? And people support us via our Patreon uh, and, you know, in the Discord, our journey, not the fact that we're going to change people's lives overnight, which we have changed a lot of people's lives indirectly through just the content that we share. 
So that that's what I'm discussing. Yeah, no, that's that's good. I I agree. I think uh, yeah, and and going back to that idea of whatnot and and how easy it is to potentially fake things. I mean, the same thing is true on eBay. Like you know, you see, we've talked about in the past some of the crazy numbers you see on things like VHS tapes and stuff, and and some of the reasons for that. But the the it's not always going to be quite as nefarious as as trying to you know do drug deals or trying to launder money or things like that. Like sometimes it could just be yeah, like. I want to be able to to have some clout and show that look at my 90 day total. So th- that is always a potential risk. Uh, but I think again, like I, I think our listeners, um, I think our listeners are unique. Of course, there's going to be some listeners who, who don't fall in this category, but I think our listeners are unique in the sense that uh, they're, they know they're able to like pick out what's, what's valuable and what's not. I mean, if you're listening to an hour long podcast where the whole thing isn't, us just trying to sell a course or us trying to, you know, get you to pay for certain things. What that tells me is that they're, these are people who love reselling and they're willing to do the work that it takes to learn about reselling. I mean, in this podcast, I think what, what's beneficial is people get to hear about the reselling world. They get to hear about some bolos. They can connect with certain things. There's mm-hmm. going to be some tips and tricks, but like we don't promise every episode, like, you know, this episode is going to 10 X your, your thing. And so I think, some people fall for that stuff, but I think if you listen to hour-long podcasts every week, you know, uh, our listeners don't necessarily need the warning as much of don't fall for the scams. I think we all are, are, can do it. That being said, there are times when paying for a course or, or trying to find, because not all gurus are fake, you know, like some some yeah, are actually true, gurus because they know what they're doing and it's worth paying them for their time. Like if someone were to tell you right now, Orlando, to say, Hey, I want to, I want you to like one-on-one teach me how to resell. Um, and kind of like I did like at the beginning, but it, it, with what you've built your reselling into, if someone on Instagram were to say like, Hey, I need, I, I want to, I need your time for like five hours to just help me how to list, help me. I mean, you'd have to charge for that because you've got the experience mm-hmm. and you could, you could potentially give them a year's worth of experience in a few hours True. of your time. But so, so there are people who it is useful for them to pay for that, um, for things, but, um, something like whatnot does open up the door for more gray area. People are going to have a harder time figuring out what's real and what's not. And we talked about that already with whatnot almost feeling like the wild, wild west. It is the wild, wild like wild west. with, like I was saying uh, on some of the ones you're watching where it's almost like a game show or people gambling, you know, yeah. it's wild. there is gambling. Right. Like I think you've bid on certain cards or like, do I open packs? up this pack? Okay. Yeah. Like you're paying for the third card in this pack, but if it's this, then, then this, like, so I've seen ones where it's like, depending on what they're flipping, then they're like moving numbers over and like, yeah, it's, it's the wild west. And so there's good for that. I mean, there's, there's, because that's how you innovate. Like you, you find new ways of doing things, but then it also opens up the potential for more scams and it opens up the potential for, for gurus to come in and say, let me tell you the secret. Right. Because it seems like there's a secret because I can't quite figure it out on my own just by looking at it because it's so different than eBay. Yeah. I just want to encourage people, you know, what not I've said is a great place to source. Uh, I think it's a, you know, it's, it's another viable option if you can't offload inventory or you want to make quick money, especially if you go to the bins and you get stuff for super cheap. I think it's a great avenue, but I will say, be careful with, with, you know, like anything, be careful with the gurus because they, they, they will always find another platform. Uh, you know, and I've always said, I don't do a lot of whatnot because I found the same amount of time I could spend on eBay. I'll make way more money spending on eBay than on whatnot. Yeah. I mean, it's a good way to offload stuff. And that's one of the reasons we said it could potentially be a good way of sourcing. 
But again, if I were just to go on and say, I want to source stuff on, on whatnot, I could spend hours just trying mm-hmm. to find a seller who's decent enough with stuff that I'm trying to buy. So it might not actually be a useful place for your time unless again, you know, the right places. So it's the wild west. Um, I think there are going to be people who are going to be very, very successful there. And I think that's the allure, right? Is we know that big money transfers when there's new innovations, when there's new things. And so the, the, the draw to something like whatnot is if I can get in early enough and get the secret, um, soon enough before everybody else figures it out, I could, I can, this could be my cash cow. And, and so, yeah, it's, a uh, it's, it is definitely shaky ground with high reward with a potential of high reward is also a lot more risk. So I think people just need to be aware of that for sure. Yeah. So just want to throw that out there real quick. All right. You want to talk about $2 billion fines? Uh, yeah, let's do it. All right. So this is from CBS news. Uh, it says that eBay may have to cough up as much as $2 billion in fines for allegedly allowing the distribution and sale of hundreds of thousands of products that significantly increase pollution spewing from diesel pickup trucks. The e-commerce giant is accused of letting more than 343,000 aftermarket rolling coal devices made to neutralize motor vehicle emission controls be sold through its platform in violation of the Clean Air Act, according to a Justice Department complaint filed in Brooklyn Federal Court. eBay sold the product between November 2015 and January 2023 with each device that was sold subject to a $5,580 fine. And the federal agency said in its lawsuit filed on behalf of the Environmental Protection agency man that's tough i I would have a i i feel for a company like ebay i mean they have a whole legal team and they've got teams that are trying to keep up with this stuff but if you figure like how many new laws come into effect at any given time like you need people who their entire job is to like decipher new laws and figure out what's what and so i can imagine the nightmare the logistical nightmare for ebay to figure out what items laws are against, what items are not, like has a law changed? Have we updated our policies to reflect that? So I think it's one of those things where if if it could be proven that eBay like knew for a fact that they should not be allowing these items on their platform and they did anyways, versus they just hadn't updated their policies and, and ignorance isn't isn't a innocence, right? Like in our law system. But at the same time, I think intent matters. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, again, I, I, the reason I share this is two, twofold. One is always be careful when sourcing on eBay. Obviously, I don't even know how to get one of these rolling coal devices. Uh, but, you know, I, I, my guess is a lot of people that sold them kind of knew it was on the fence, right? And decided to go through with it anyways. That's just my thoughts whenever it's some, something like this. Uh, you know, like the, like the, uh, what are those machines that help you sleep? The sleep apnea machines. Yeah, yeah, like those, right? Those are, you know, you can you see solds on eBay, but you're not allowed to sell them on eBay, right? So it's better to steer clear. <laughs> now there is a third party that you could sell them for, you know, good money. That's not eBay related, but it's always good to, you know, be careful, especially when you get into those categories that can get you into into legal problems. You know, even if they're on the fence. All right, hey, so you know, best of luck for eBay. I am, I'm mean, again. I, I hope, you know, that eBay is able to, uh, I don't know. I just don't know. It's those, just, those fees would hurt us, man. I know. I if know they had to pay, if they had to pay, if they have to pay that, that that's going to have such a hit on them, they're going to have to make up that money somehow. And where does that money come from? So now again, I don't know the whole ethical situation of what was being sold. Like, I don't know anything about coal pushing, whatever you said they were selling. So I, I, I might sound like a fool. I don't want anybody to come and say like, that I, they were totally wrong for doing that. Maybe they were, maybe those things are evil. I don't know. But um, again, it's one of those things where 
in a litigious society, if when corporations have to pay a ton of money out, it's like, yeah, the handful of people who are able to sue. And again, it, it could be good protection. Like that that could be what keeps corporations honest. They they have that fear of, you know, breaking laws and that we don't want that. But it's gonna hurt us. Think of all the sellers it's gonna hurt. If if they lose two billion dollars worth of their bottom line and they have to find a way to make that up, fees yeah, go that, up. You know, yeah, like that's yeah. That's why I brought that up. You know, it, it to me it's you know, the whole aspect of the federal government coming after a company. Eh. But to me, it's more of the, okay, how is this going to affect us, the small sellers? You know, what, what's going to happen to us? All right. So, hey, next, uh, I thought this was interesting. So, uh, the eBay, I didn't know that eBay had like a full AI department. So, eBay has a first chief. Of course they do. First chief AI officer. So, I didn't know that was a thing. So, his name is Nitsan Mikhail Bobrov. I hope I said that right. He's been the eBay chief AI officer since 2021. And he was talking on Business Insider about the different things that eBay is doing with AI. And we've talked a lot about these, you know, uh, the idea that, you know, they help create listings and on specifics from a picture and all that. But what, what I found interesting, I want to hear your thoughts, was that he said there's a third phase of AI that's going to be implemented. And this third phase is going to do a lot more tasks than, than with listings. It's going to help bo both buyer and seller. Uh, so let, let me read this to you real quick. Uh, so, uh, if I can get to it here eventually, but, but realize AI is definitely going to change every, everything that we do, including reselling. So, uh, Mikhail Bobrov, a member of insiders, uh, AI hundred list said the third phase would be marked by AI agents being able to plan and complete a series of tasks to achieve a specific outcome. This could mean acting on behalf of sellers to reach their financial goals or on behalf of buyers to complete certain shopping missions, like purchasing everything they need for a trip within a certain time frame and budget. And I thought, what, what do you think when you hear that? Like that it's going to help sellers achieve their financial goals. What, what do you think that means, Mike? I mean, I think they're already trying to do that with like the listing stuff, like by giving you some things. I could see how, how AI, because like, think about for how long, uh, people who've had bots of some kind, because we've just called them bots forever, uh, that would mm -hmm. like be able to scalp tickets or be able to find discounts. Like people have bots set up that that will skim the internet for certain coupons, and so there have been a select few people who've figured out that technology. So if the average person could come in and say like, "Here are the ten things that I want. Here's my budget, and I need it by the end of the month," and they don't have to be on eBay every day looking for those items, and as soon as one of those items pops up and it could meet that budget, then like the, the system is automatically buying it for them. So you have like a personal shopper that could help even us as, as sellers, right? Like that's yeah. one way is if buyers can just say like, I've got $500, here's the four things that I want. Um, and I need them by the end of the month. Cause I've got a trip I'm going on or whatever. And they don't have to be searching for those things. And they just get like an email of like, we've purchased three out of your four items. And then like the next day it's like, we've found the fourth item that would mean that your stuff would be selling quicker, right? Like it offers all of those things. And yeah, I could, I could see how that could be useful. And the same thing could maybe be used for a, a seller. If you were to say here, these 30 items I have, here's the total amount I want to make. I want to sell them within this amount of time. It might be able to kind of figure out, well, let's drop the price on this one. This thing is actually moving up in price. So we're going to automatically adjust the price for you up because it's moving quicker. Like if, if there was a system doing that and you can set some parameters like think about how much time we spend 
if you like you have thousands of items yeah you have no way that you could go through and actually check like hey these items have gone down in price and these items have gone up in price for everything but if you could kind of set parameters and say like i won't take less than 20 dollars on this item and i i would love to make as much as i could and if it sees that hey pricing is going up and it's automatically adjusting prices for you or hey the price has dropped we need to undercut everybody else or i don't know right like that could be useful no i th- i do think it's going in that direction for example it'll know whether to sell you know whether to take an offer or not right cuz it'll be able to predict patterns it'll 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 know you know what what's the right picture that you should post it'll know it, like it'll automatically choose free shipping or if you should have shipping i know a lot of people are uncomfortable with that but i do see it going in that direction where you you do you say hey i need to make you know this is how many items i have this is how much money i need to make within this time frame and you know the ai saying okay with what you have you're probably going to make this much you're going to have to source this much to get to this amount right and and yeah. amazon already does some of that uh i don't know if you guys realize on amazon it'll tell you like if you list it at this price this is how much your sales are going to go up over the next 3 weeks based on sale patterns like it already does that the ai already does that on amazon i do think ai runs a stronger ai i mean ai amazon runs a stronger ai when it comes to ranking that's the one thing yeah, they have money have. yeah but you know i i don't know i to me I, I i i welcome it i welcome it in the sense that it will definitely streamline my only concern and i've mentioned this before is and I think some of this is happening and this is Orlando put on your tinfoil hat kind of deal is that eBay is, is spreading the wealth around uh, to make sure that, you know, sellers are still staying on the platform selling uh, by, you know, if somebody gets a lot of sales and they have a certain item, but you got somebody over here that's just starting, but they have the same item that the AI will direct buyers to that person. But that's conspiracy. That's for, that's for our conspiracy episode at the end of the month. All right. So. All right. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's the last thing I wanted to share here uh, in our reseller topics. Uh, we we're going a little long today uh, was I thought it was interesting. Uh, there's this uh, report. Like <laughs> remember that old episode? Maybe we need to do that one again when it's good to share and when not to share. You remember that? We went like to a Target store. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. You should. Man. Those videos are so old. That's like post number 300. We have like over 4,000 on Instagram. But uh, it, it, it's, it's pretty wild because we had been very clear that you can't share retail arbitrage on social media. You will kill your business. And I thought it was interesting here how Business Insider had this whole article that dropped last month. It says Amazon sellers are raiding dollar stores for products like glow sticks and Twinkies to resell online. And they just, you know, they just share, you know, all these people on TikTok that are just sharing what they found at the dollar store and how much they're going to make. And I, I looked at this and I said, dollar store's done. Like, if you want to retail arbitrage at the dollar store, like, it's pretty much done. It's over. You know, um, somebody had posted on Twitter. I remember Reezy and I uh, commenting on it. Somebody had said, hey, I just went to Target and these are all the items I get. I should make a lot of profit. And the, and the items weren't covered. You could see through the bags, all the items. So I'm going on target.com going, all right, this is how much it's selling for. This is what Amazon, maybe I need to go source this item. But if I was doing that, I'm sure there was hundreds of other people doing the same. 
And so always be careful if you're a new seller. By the way, we have a lot of new listeners. So I appreciate all you guys listening. Appreciate everybody that stuck with us too. There's the ups and downs of this podcast. Uh, but if you're a new seller, just this is easy. If it's something that is easy to get access to, you probably don't want to share. Or as a kid say, you want to gatekeep. Okay. If it's something, is that what the kids say, right? Isn't it called gatekeeping now? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's what the kids say. I don't know. It is. It I'm is. sure they have something way cooler than that. <laughs> okay. You got to lock it down. Lock it down. Uh, and then I don't think that's something the kids say. But anyway. uh, the, the other side is if it's something that's hard to get, like at a thrift store or garage sale, it's okay to share because chances that somebody's going to find that, you know, pretty slim. Now, if you're in a certain area, like I'm in San Diego, I'm not sharing everything because what happens the moment I share, people will automatically go to Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace and offer up and they'll put safe searches for that item that I found. And now I can't search for that item anymore because it's going to be gone before I even get to it. So something to think about. All right. Now we get to our another favorite section of the podcast, which should bring us yeah. to even the music will make us, you know, smile. That's right. Bolo. 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 What's your bolo? Yeah, bolos, which means be on the lookout. These are items that sell for good money. Uh, so since the recorded Orlando asked what my bolo was, I'll go first here. Um, it, it, here's kind of an oldie but a goodie. We've talked about this before, but tis the season uh, is nativity sets. Um, this could be... Of course, maybe we just were talking about retail arbitrage. You could probably maybe do okay if you find something cool at like a, a Marshalls or something. But nativity sets are often overlooked at estate sales. I feel like those are one of the things that, you know, certain decorations, things like that get overlooked. And um, when you look at a something like um, a nativity set, even the pieces we've talked about, Orlando has the funny story of like somebody throwing, you know, the the donkey across the room or whatever. And so people will buy pieces of nativity sets. You can parse those out. And then also there's the nostalgia of old ones. You know, you see it like when you go to somebody's house and you see somebody has a nativity set and you're like, oh my goodness, that my grandma had that nativity set. Mm. Like people have a connection to, I mean, they were probably mass produced at the time, but ones you can't necessarily get now. And so yeah, I mean, you can find an old, I mean, I've sold anywhere from like wooden ones to ones made out of crystal to ones made out of like handmade. You can do really, really well on nativity sets. And again, people are looking to either replace broken pieces or again, they're looking for, this is the one my mom had or my grandma had and she passed away and my cousin ended up with it. But every Christmas we had that nativity set. And so people are willing to buy those things on eBay. It's a, it's a definitely a hot item. And I'm amazed at how many times I walk into an estate sale and nobody even touches the nativity set. So be on the yeah, lookout. Well, now they will. But <laughs> it was, yeah, no, I pick them up for like three bucks at a garage sale and I'll part them out and I'll make a killing. So let me think about. Uh, so mine was, you know, I wanted to make sure I had vetted this and I've done this before and I did it again. I went to a garage sale and I paid $5 for a bunch of car manuals. One for was for like a, 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 you know, a Moreno. One was for like a CRV. One was for a Mitsubishi Galant. And these things sell. So I paid five bucks. I sold one. It was, you know, how you get it with the nice leather, like uh, envelope kind of thing and your car handbooks in there. You know what I'm talking about? 
that you keep mm-hmm. in, the, yep. in the glove box. Yep. So th- that's what I'm talking about. So, you know, if you really need money, like just go to your glove box. Uh, you may need it for something later on, but at least you'll have that money to get, you know, that $10, that $10 McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Take pictures of every page. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, they, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I paid five bucks and, you know, I sold one, which was for, uh, I think it's their Buick Marinos. I forget what they are. Uh, and it sold for 40 bucks. Then I sold one for a CRV. They didn't even have the leather carrying case. It was just two manuals sold for another 25. Uh, I sold, you know, uh, I've sold a bunch of other like motorcycle manuals. Just keep an eye. Cause th- what happens is sometimes people will buy a used car and they want that manual or sometimes there's a shop. Now, could you probably find the PDF online? I'm sure you could, but people like to have it handy, right? They don't always want to go, uh, to their PDF. And so like mine, one of my recent ones sold to a tire place and for whatever reason they needed it. So yeah, keep an eye for those, uh, car manuals that are in the glove box. Cause those could be money. So good stuff. All right. Yeah. Hey, if you haven't been following us on social media, we are Pure Hustle Podcast on all social media, uh, except for X. We are Pure Hustle Cast on Twix. Uh, I almost said Twix because like Twitter and X. <laughs> so uh, I love Twix, by the way. Twix and a Diet Mountain Dew. That's just that's that's close to heaven. It sounds like a stomach ache. Uh, it, well, I've eaten so much trash. Like I don't get stomach aches. <laughs> I'm like the alcoholic that, you know. Anyways, we don't need to get into that, but I don't drink alcohol. But I'm saying if I did, I'd be one of those guys that like, ah, oh, nothing hurts me. Um, why did we go down that road? All right, hey, if you haven't given us a call, 619-738-1170, 619-738-1170. Mike, did you get that call the, the other day? I was like so excited, uh, and it was a. I saw, we, yeah, I saw we had a Google Voice, but I didn't, uh, I didn't, I haven't listened to it. It was a fax machine. Oh, it was nice. a, maybe it was the Matrix calling yeah, in. I know, that's right. <laughs> Mr. Anderson. Um, and then if you want to leave us an email, podcast at gmail.com. That's podcast at gmail.com. Thank you to all of you that uh, tune in. And if you haven't yet watched our YouTube, come on over, hit that subscribe, smash that like button. Uh, you know, make sure to hit that bell notification. And uh, thank you to all of you that, you know, spend the time and go write an Apple iTunes review. We haven't had a few in a while. so. You know, maybe people are super busy, but if you get a chance to spend, you know, quick five minutes, go on there, let people know why you enjoy the podcast, because it really helps us out in the algorithm. And last of all, we mentioned it before, we do have a Patreon uh, that you can support us. If you go to patreon.com slash podcast or go to the link below for $5.55 a month, you can allow Mike and I continue providing uh, this free content. And not only that, uh, it allows us to, you know, spend more time on coming up with, you know, episodes and and all this good stuff, and also get the equipment that we need. And the bonus to that is you get to jump in our Discord full of thriving resellers that sell vintage shirts to vintage, you know, toys to people that sell on Amazon, people that source Ross, people that get deals all the time, and, you know, they let you in on those deals. So definitely check out our Patreon. All right, what do you... Uh, oh, no. Yeah, we did both. What are you looking forward to, Mike? Um, I'm hoping that I don't have a nail in my tire this Saturday and I can actually get out and do some garage selling. That's uh, I mean, nothing, nothing huge, but uh, garage sales would be nice. Thrift store prices weren't the worst, but uh, they're still nowhere near garage sales. I'm still trying to, I've been sourcing for Amazon for about a month and I'm just, I'm not finding, you know, and I'm not a fan of joining a cook group because I don't like competition. I like just being out there. I like getting items that bots can't pick up. Uh, but it's it's been pretty brutal. But I'm hoping to land some kind of Amazon item for Q4. 
I'm looking forward to more garage sales. And uh, to be real, I need to I need to scale up on my listing every day consistently. I need to get back to doing twenty to thirty listings a day just to have sales come through. Uh, and again, I don't think that's the equation. If you caught our last minisode, is it a minisode? No, our last themed episode. Uh, I don't think listing every day produces more sales, but it at least has to get you some more sales. <laughs> so I want to get back to that good habit. All right. Hey, everyone. Thank you for tuning into our episode. Hopefully you're able to glean a lot of information or at least be entertained or just keep us in the background. And with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant and be reselling. Late. Peace.